Hello, this is Charles Wiz and Tony Silva, and we're two teachers talking. The podcast where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching, teaching in Japan, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what's going on. And recently, we've been talking about online teaching and coping with the coronavirus and the lockdowns in Japan and the cancellation of schools and moving to online teaching. And today, for our 124th episode. We're going to respond to and reply to the comments that the te- the students, Tony's students, gave last in episode 123, your Hyundai students, Tony. Right. And they were quite a group, quite a group. I love them. Yeah, they were informative, interesting, articulate, able to participate in the conversation rather nicely. I was quite impressed with them. Mm. Yeah, they're 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 great. <laughs> Can't like I was gonna say, they're great. But do you ha- you don't have any of those students this year, do you? Well, I do. I I, I met I met my crop of um, Hyundai students last week. I don't know yet who the the gems in those because it was like a you know a full on Ford uh, class forty five forty to forty five students per class. One, two, three, four, bam, bam, bam. So the uh, diamonds aren't um, uh, glowing and sparkling yet, but I'm sure that there are some um, some stars in there. But uh, yeah, they were they. I, I had my first class and things went really well. So yeah, they, they it looks like they're going to be really good classes. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So you had mm. your first online classes mm. using Zoom. Yeah, Zoom has become uh, my weapon of choice. Um, we, I, th- you and I, we were talking before we started recording about, and I think all people are kind of going through this, um, yo-yo, uh, act with, um, their universities where early on, um, you know, I'm trying to make decisions and, you know, sometimes not making decisions and sometimes making the wrong ones. Initially just trying to herd everybody into their own proprietary systems, whether it's, uh, Moodle or, web class blackboard or you know CLE whatever system that they're using everyone's got to use this how to use that and of course everybody starts using it and it comes crashing down and they go to the other extreme and say please use this as little as possible um, right and so um so yeah i've settled on zoom um i use the specific uh university lms learning management system as little as possible um and um, I've given up on my individual websites for my classes because it's just mm. too much duplication because this university still want everything to put every everything to be put on their system. So any assignment and communication, so fine. And we're going to do that. And then I kind of, I'm not going to do that and the web page too. It's just too, way, way too much. Um, I've only had one day of classes, um, online teaching. Um, be prepared. It is exhausting. Yes, it is. It? <laughs> it is exhausting. And so, yeah, I, I wasn't, of course, I'm not talking the entire time, but you are intimately engaged with that screen for six hours that day. I had four classes. That takes a hell of a lot out of you. <laughs> Let me tell you, be ready for that because um, it's a lot. And um, in the future, I'm going to try to maybe pre-record a lecture portion of that so I don't have to do it four times in a day or three times in a day. Um, 
I don't know if I'm going to be able to do to find hours to do that, um, but it's a thought right now. Yeah, my take on this. I did three lessons last week, two for one school, and then I was working with some graduate students at my main school. And I think the reason it's tiring in the it's tiring in the same way that teaching was tiring in the beginning that it took so much concentration and energy to be watching everything and reading the cues and being able to see what's going on and I was just making the same the, the same comparison right, in my mind. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And so that, you know, when you start out as a teacher, it's just, you know, I, I tell my students, right, when they're going to go do their first student teaching, I say, okay, at your first day of teaching, you will come home and you will totally collapse on the sofa and you will not be able to move for like the next three or four hours and you will have a tiredness that you never knew your body was capable of experiencing. Mm -hmm. And they all go, yeah. And it's because it just takes so much attention and focus to keep watching what 30 students are doing and what's right, what's wrong, what's working. And I think now I don't have those chops. This is new for me to be able to read what the student, what's going on. So I'm spending a lot of time scanning pictures, you know, of each student, a lot more confirmations I've noticed, you know, do you understand? Okay, everybody give me a thumbs up, give me a thumbs down. So I think that's one of the reasons why it's so exhausting is that we're not, we don't have experience in reading what's happening in the classroom yes. through the media mm -hmm. of a meeting. Yeah, it's a but, very, very good observation. Yeah, but I was dead. <laughs> I taught two classes and mm -hmm. I was like, duh. <laughs> I mean, my wife even noticed, she says, you look tired. Mm. And I was like, I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah my, totally brain dead. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think give it a couple of weeks, it should probably be going better. Hope but so. you were you were pleased with how the the lessons went. Yeah, Zoom worked without a hitch. It was smooth. It was easy. Um, almost all the students, maybe all the students, I think they all should have had experience with Zoom already. Mm. So there was zero training involved. They they knew what to do. They were ready for it. Um, and, uh, they were very appreciative of the ability, one, to interact with the teacher, um, right, face-to-face, -face, kinda, <laughs> online anyway, I mean, in real time, you know, synchronous uh, communication with the teacher, and also the opportunity to talk in smaller groups when they went into breakout rooms. Um, they... Oh, I would say nine, more than 90%, 95% maybe, because I did a little exit enquête with them, and um, 90, 95%, very positive. Uh, so, yeah, I, I I call that a success. <laughs> it worked. I mean, it cost mm. me energy-wise, but it, it worked out. It was fine. Mm. Yeah, I had a very similar experience. Um, I used the breakout rooms, and for people who are using Zoom, the breakout rooms allowing you to make smaller groups that can work together is something you need to just learn to use and use it a lot. And I did an exit survey when the, we finished, and again, very positive responses from the students about how it went and how it worked. And the thing they all said was that they really liked spending more time in the breakout rooms because that mimicked the small group work that they're used to. Mm. 
So I thought that was good. And, uh, but boy, I was tired. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they were. They must have like, you know, <laughs> must be really, really tired. Or maybe it's like just watching not, TV. It's I like boring. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's like, ah. Oh. I think, by the way, instead of talking about online versus real-time teaching, we should just call it 2D teaching versus 3D teaching. <laughs> That's one way. You know, I mean, it's because everything's 2D, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's good for me because ah, your lesson has no depth, Mr. Wiz. <laughs> How observant of you. <laughs> okay, so we both have done a little bit of teaching online now. Or we've done stuff before. And... Then we have your students and their comments and their responses to this experience. Mm, and we, mm. You and I were talking about there hasn't been much emphasis on what the students need and what the students experience. A lot of teachers, what our concerns are, what our needs are, what we need to do, what we learn to do. But you were able to get five students together to, it was five, right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. I just didn't want to yeah. make a mistake on that of what they thought and how they felt. And um, why don't we segue into that? I think it's a good time to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think you're right. It's one of the things that we often um, forget you know, to think about you know, the, the students' end of things. Well, I say we, but actually I think about it quite a lot. Uh, and that's why, that's why I got the students together to talk to them to get their side of the story. We're special, um, Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're special. We don't make the mistakes that other people make. <laughs> That's why we do this, right? That's right. So we can broadcast <laughs> we can our pretend, mistakes. We can pretend and... like you know something. <laughs> but, Pretending um, beats but yeah, we got those ki- the, the kids together and um, kind of let them run free and uh, talk about, um, the, you know, exactly their end of it. And they talked about, you know, what um, the uh, the. the the, you know, the very real you know, brass tacks kind of disruptions that they were feeling. Obviously, they're stuck at home the way everybody else is. Um, they're missing um, different kind of – one of the things that uh, students always look forward to, the club activities and so forth. And um, the, the, the other – just the caveat with this, these were none of these students were first-year students anymore. You know, they were second-year students or graduates. Uh, mm. And um, so they have – uh, a year, at least one year of university study under their belt, and uh, now they're what their experience now is in contrast to that. Um, we as teachers, I think, need to take. Obviously, you should listen to that podcast because it's a good one. Um, but I agree. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because it's not us; <laughs> it's them. Right, it's exactly. Really, it's really good. It's really say. good. It's very, very. It's the good. most interesting one we've put up in a long, long yeah. time. Uh, but also, uh, many of us, most of us maybe, um, are going to be teaching first-year students, and that's another beast. Um, they don't have context. They've got you know, their high school experience. They don't have a frame of reference for what a university class is. Or was I guess, um, and um, the, the 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 parallel that I guess is one one of the the, the students or the graduate um, Atsuhiro who's beginning his first year of high school teaching, right? And this is his first year of teaching. He, he and he said in the podcast he's he has no idea what a normal class is like. 
Zero frame rates. See, the other teachers that he's with, they, they've all, you know, been teaching. They, they've been in the classroom. They, but for him, he's beginning, it's like, no clue. And I, I don't know if that's an advantage or a disadvantage, frankly. Um, but um, our first-year students also, it's, um, th- when I met those kids on, on Thursday online, that was their, you know, it's like for some of them, that was their first class of that kind. They had maybe like watched interview you know uh watch listen to lectures and things but i don't know proportionally how many of them actually had had done you know online conversations so forth and so on they knew zoom they knew zoom but i don't know what they had done with zoom um before that but uh, again first year students and they don't have um any kind of experiential framework to to place this in or on this is the new thing, and they're, and they're missing so much, right? Um, again, with like the just being on the excitement of being on campus, mm. and 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 seeing you know new buildings and new people and walking around and being in this different environment, they're they're back home in their rooms still. Um, a lot of them looking forward to club activities and things. One of one of one of the students, actually, he was not my student, but a, a friend of one of my students, uh, Uto. Yeah, his his thing was sports, and he's locked up in his room. Um, and <laughs> that's hard. He also was talking about how um, one of the things that he was looking forward to in his in his second year was um, ex- experience. He says for him, he said education was all about experience, and uh, he he had uh, you know ideas and thoughts about studying abroad, and he went to the Philippines for an internship i think it was supposed to be for a month but it got cut short and i think he was there for less than two weeks and it was sent home and uh renee also um i think she managed to do her whole stay in new zealand but her transportation to and from got kind of screwed up and right, very stressful yeah. right she said couldn't go through korea on the way back and had to i don't know she said four or five different planes to get back home wow it's an interesting thing because their expectations are not just not being met, but they don't have expectations now as to, they have no framework as to what things are going to be like because we don't have much of a clear idea. Nobody does. And that's, the, we, we, we talked about this too. Yes. This is the uncertainty. There's like, there is no certainty. There's nothing. Nothing is certain. Nobody knows. Um, it's a big, big question mark. <laughs> right. And that's why I think it was interesting listening to your students. And I'm going to just jump a little bit. One of your students, I forget the name, mentioned this thing that I had never thought about. And that is that they're actually more distracted being in their room than they yeah, would that be was, that otherwise. Was, yeah, that, that was, was fascinating. Just, it, that he was, was talking about the teachers. Yes, that was not my, he, I did not teach him. but. He said, yeah, for him, there were too many distractions in his in room. In the room, right. And <laughs> to do his schoolwork. And I says, what? Kind of. Right. Yeah. I, I, that's very different from the way that I think. But yeah, it's something to consider, right? Well, he explained it. Yeah. I had exactly the same response, which is like, wait a second. Uh, it's when I'm at home that I have the least distractions in many ways. Right. But what he said that was really interesting is that he would go to Starbucks, for example. Mm-hmm. Or the library to study. And then it's like, yeah, okay, he's going to places where 
the stimulus is reduced. And, oh, that's what he means. So when he goes to Starbucks, it's a focused period of time when he's in the library. But when he gets home, he's got, you know, Netflix, he's got everything else, he's got the television, right? And I thought that was just, that was a perfect example of, I would never have thought of that. Yep, ditto. <laughs> it was a perfect example of, without talking to a student, that idea would never have crossed my mind. That, a that it was harder was to study at home than it is to study at Starbucks. Yes, would, yeah. would that have just never, no, I was, I'm not capable of having that thought. Yeah, and, I, can't, I, can't, I can't imagine either because, you know, I go to Starbucks, it's like, Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. <laughs> it, when I'm home in my room, it's just like, hey, nothing to do but study, right? <laughs> it's all it's all very, very different, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But th- that's just an example of one kind of insight that I got from the students. I mean, there were just some other things that were really interesting. But you had a, um, an idea of how to talk about their comments. Why don't we follow your map for that? Well, we, we talked. We talked before. about their yeah, their dis- disruptions and things already, right? And um, I think well, so. one thing that was interesting because uh, this was um, um, the thing that you know again talk about you know impressive students. Um, in the discussion, there was and I don't remember who who it was, but they were expressing uh, concerns for um, senior high school students and how. You know, as seen in their senior year in high school, how that mm. can be especially near and how they're not experiencing it the way that, that these students had. And they also, which I, I know that uh, hit a nerve, hit a nerve with you, not hit a nerve in a bad way, uh, but resonated with you, that they um, also expressed concern for their teachers and how their teachers were coping with having to teach this way. Yeah. I think it was because most of my students would never think about my situation. Special kids are very empathetic. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is it's like, uh, you know, of the five kids, at least two were teachers, right? One is the beginning high school teacher. The other, uh, me was teaching at, um, at, a, at a cram school, at a juke. Right. Uh, and uh, so she's having experience also teaching online as well. So, being teachers themselves, uh, they're probably a little more sensitive to what it's <laughs> what the the hardships might be. Um, I thought also. Another, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Can I interrupt for just a second because mm. I want to just write on that. There was another comment by one of the students talking that they were concerned about the high school students and how they'd prep for their exams, right? Their entrance exams. Yeah. And I'm wondering whether. I doubt it, but in the sense that in the United States, I know that most universities are now saying no SATs, no ACTs will be used next year mm. in the application process. I'm thinking, too bad my daughter missed that by a year. Mm. But I'm wondering, like, I can't see Japan giving up on its testing regime that way. Well, that would be wonderful if they did that. Mm. But they don't have another way of assessing students, I don't think. They don't have another way of generating that revenue. Oops, did I say um, that? Uh, did, I, uh, <laughs> did I say that? Oops, let's sorry. go to Starbucks and get a cup of coffee. Who and, said uh, that? You said that. I didn't <laughs> say that. He said it. He said it. Revenue, revenue, revenue. <laughs> okay. Yes, th- that is an amazing aspect of the testing regime that doesn't get mentioned so often, mm, does it? No. Okay, so the students were, I thought, it was nice that they were concerned about their juniors, mm. that they talked about what it would be like for high school students. But 
then there were uh they had some in addition to their comments about what it was like for them and what I thought was really great were their suggestions and comments for what teachers could do. Yeah. And those were I, I, I think I was furiously typing at that point mm. while I was listening and or writing my notes because many of their suggestions I, I realized after reading them would work in a regular class. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Clear explanations, for example. But we talked about this before that there are differences in teaching online for us versus teaching in a class and what the, their needs are have to really be addressed because we have approached them differently in a, a real classroom. So should we go into, you want to go through some of the comments the students made about suggestions for teachers or do you want to look at some other comments they made? No, that's good. Let's, let's, let's go to that. Um, I just want to make one observation. I don't want, I don't want to forget this at, at, at the end. Um, there, cause there were two, two of the students in two different times. Um, and uh, this is one of the things that that kind of struck me is that with um, all of us struggling and uh, coping and, and facing all the, the different challenges and uh, can't help but, uh, you know, feeling kind of overwhelmed by the, all, all, all of this and um, inevitably kind of having a negative um, perspective on this. But two of them, um, bless them. Uh, step back and says, "Well, you know, this could be long term. This could be a positive thing because this is going to force Japan to innovate. It's going to force mm. Japan to like deal with it." And I think that's pretty close to a du- direct quote. Um, it's going to force Japan to innovate and to to adapt different modes of instruction. Which you know, again, people outside of Japan. Um, you know, PR is Japan's number one export, and it, trying to d- describe how far behind Japanese education is in terms of integrating technology into the classroom is it, it would it would it would just blow your mind. Um, but students who've had experience, and they studied overseas, they studied in Australia or the United States, and they said, "Well, okay, now finally." Um, this is going to open the door for those kinds of experiences in Japan, and um, some and another one of the other students said this, basically the same thing that that was as a I think this was uh, Moku. Um, this is an opportunity for innovation, so maybe not so much in the future, but like just for now, it's like okay, we are all students and teachers alike being forced um, to <laughs> really get creative in in how we're going to teach um, and. Uh, how they're going to learn. Um, so that for them being able to find this silver lining would uh, made a real big impression on me because I, something I was unable to do. <laughs> what find a silver lining? Yeah. Well, I've talked with a number of people, um, teachers, and there's kind of a similar feeling that, They've seen more innovation in the last three or four weeks than they've seen mm-hmm. in the last like fifteen twenty years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I mean, there's we can talk. This is another podcast as to how Japanese educational institutions have responded to this situation, which I think has just been a knee jerk re- reaction. But 
and with no background, with no experience, with no systems put in place. Um, I think it's different from, let's say, the United States where you already have a backbone of using technologies. You just mm-hmm. pointed out mm-hmm. Japan just doesn't have that. And so suddenly it's like, do this, do this, do this. And then a couple of weeks later, it's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Uh, our systems can't handle this, right? We talked about this before. And uh, it's nice to see, right, that the students see it as an opportunity in some ways, that they're being positive. Hmm. But, so let's, uh, so good. Yeah, so I wanted yeah, to get okay. that out there. So let's move on to your, your thought. Let's uh, uh, get on to the, what uh, their they're message to teachers, right? Their suggestions right. and their thoughts for teachers and things. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, me? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> the one, no surprise, is like fewer, we would like fewer assignments. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Um, um, we're was, talking about online teaching, not regular teaching. Yeah, and and, right. and it was met with 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 good humor. Everybody else, and uh, well, uh, the the graduate um, who's now a teacher <laughs> was explaining why. Explains as well. You know, you're supposed to have X number of hours of assignment per week. That's why the teachers do it because the university kind of mandates that you're supposed to have X number of hours of study outside the class for every hour that you're in class. And so that's why it is. So shut up. But uh, everyone enjoyed that. Um, yeah, that was a funny moment. Yeah, yeah. Everybody going, yeah, I know, no. I know, I know, I know. And it's like, yeah, and it's like teachers, like, you know, it's not, we don't enjoy assignments because we sure as heck don't enjoy collecting them and grading them and scoring them and, and so forth. And so it'd be nice if you just guys just studied on your own and we could just talk about it and give you all you know, high grades. But, um, um, practical, very practical and, uh, very real. And, uh, you know, mea culpa, one of my, um, I guess maybe one of my weaknesses, maybe not giving students adequate advance notice of assignments or mm. activities and things. Because, um, again, we forget you know, the students have, especially first year students, second year students, they've got so many different classes. Um, their time management has got to be a nightmare, and if, uh, especially if, you, if you, in this case, you have serious students, um, they need to know what's coming in. They don't want like a big assignment dumped on them and have it due in, you know, uh, less than a week. It's as if you can let up, give them an advance notice on something that you expect them to do, uh, it allows them to plan for it. And I remember last year. Um, it was me who said it, and, and me who last year before Christmas um, last year was asking about what we were going to be doing in January because she wanted to use her winter vacation time to get ready for her January classes. It's like, okay, yeah, that's bad, Tony. Of course, I'm thinking that they want to enjoy the winter vacation. I'm not going to load right. up with work because I was just waiting until I'm in January. No, no, no. They wanted to know before so they could spend their vacation preparing for class. Okay. I never what, thought of what, that. What, what a bunch of terrible students. Dude. It's like, what's wrong with you? Bastards. Bastards. Yeah, you guys just kind of <laughs> Well, I was thinking about this while you were talking, that their workload probably is going way up because most teachers, I think, again, we're talking about this knee-jerk reaction, are going to increase the amount of either written assignments or some other kind of productive assignments that they have to submit mm. since there's no class time in the way we understand it. Yeah, I'm st- and I'm struggling with that. I don't know 
where to strike the balance. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time actually with that specifically with this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm having a very hard time. I think a lot of people are, but I can see how the immediate response is, well, I'll just have them write more. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, hold no, that's, that's a, you know, 10 minutes, you know, trying to write one page or 500 words is a lot harder than talking 500 words in a discussion in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that was one thing, right? Is so giving a good sense of when things are due, what's coming up, what are the assignments. So the schedule, the class schedule, the syllabus becomes actually much more important in this situation. Don't you think? Yes. Yes, very much and so. And that was clear from mm. everyone. Everyone, I think that was something they all agreed on. Yeah. Um, also related to time, it was, um, it was Renee who um, uh, talked about how she personally had a hard time with um, time-limited assignments. So the teacher says, mm. you have to f- finish this by the end of class. Um, and she felt very frustrated because she felt that those kind of, that kind of restriction prevented her from doing a good job. She wanted to do a good job. She wanted to check it and recheck it, and she didn't have enough time to <laughs> submit what she felt was a, a quality product. And that's something that kind of I hadn't thought about. I thought, hey, finish it by the end of class, you'll be happy. You don't have any work to do for next class. Your 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 homework is finished. But no, she wanted more time so that you could do a better job. I think that's due to there's a real difference between participating in a class discussion and then turning something in which represents your competency or your competence. You want something, I mean, I, I know if somebody says, hey, Charles, just let's sit down and have a discussion, I can do that. But if somebody's like, well, make a video explaining your ideas, it's a very, very different thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it was so helpful when I was like, hey, you know, don't don't give us an assignment at the end of the class or even the same day. Assignments like these, I think, for a serious student, not, you know, the most students, I think, it's just like, okay, if it's due next Wednesday, they'll do it like, you know, 10, 15 minutes before. It's a common thing for students to do, but to have a product some kind of artifact that they're going to turn in, they're going to hand in, has to be more polished. It has to be gone over. It has to be revised a couple of times. And that's adding to their pressure. So I really understood that, ah, don't say, hey, would you just, you know, write up your notes and then send them to me this evening? That's something I will definitely not do. Mm. Yes, yeah. That was helpful. That was a real good point, yeah. Okay. And... Dealing with that with assignments was uh, they want clear and easy to understand directions and yep. guidelines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got that too. Yeah. And that what was the example? If they're supposed to read an article, for example, from a PDF, include a, a video or audio explanation or some kind of written Some kind of support with it, yeah. And uh, with, the, with this, it's like yeah, you give a reading assignment, it's like, the reason for it, why is this an assignment, the context, how does that fit in with the rest of the class, and how, right, direction, how, what, what are you supposed to do with this thing? And um, the, and then it was me who then talked about um, 
with, I think that was Rene who was talking about it initially, but then you know, talked about how, yeah, when you have that uh, that PDF, very useful to have that up on the screen simultaneously with the with the teacher explaining what what it is that is in this that's of value. What is that's important? What are we, what are they supposed to get from it? Point out, <clears throat> and you know, part of it, you know, I, maybe you were like me. It's like, well. Yeah, kid, that's your job. You're supposed to be able to do that. But um, they very often do need a little bit more coaching, a little more direction, a little more suggestion. It's like, okay, this is how this is how you should be doing it. This is how you find out what's important. And um, walking through that. So I think that was um, very useful ad- advice because a lot of us are preparing materials for the students. and. Um, Actually, after talking to the students, it and me, it's like talking about and advancing. Like, okay, it, it put a fire under me, <laughs> and then, so I immediately started working on my introduction video for for the, these classes that I had on Thursday. And um, luckily, it was kind of my plan. I had um, kind of a three pane video um, where I'm my face and my voice talking. And uh, another pane, which is the the document in question, and then like a a third pane, which I was kind of using as a blackboard. Um, and yeah, the quality of the video is such that you really couldn't read the the document itself. But the students have those documents as you know downloadable PDF, so they've got their own copy, and they can just like point to different parts of it or different pages uh, that you're talking about. And so it's like, oh, I'm really really happy to hear her say that because that's exactly what I plan on doing tomorrow. <laughs> <clears throat> right. The other part of that for me that was kind of interesting, and we talked about this before, is when I give an assignment to my students, the directions when I'm explaining the assignment, that's part of the listening component of the class. Mm-hmm. That's real listening. It's like, okay, you know, students like, can you write this down somewhere? And I'll say, well, actually, this is listening. Listen, and I'm going to put you in groups. And what I usually do is I give the assignment, explain it answer any questions, then put them in groups, and then they check with each other to make sure that Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. have understood it. So there's a real listening component that is not just part of the class, it's actual listening. And can't do that now. That's not something I'm going to be doing. But the other thing that was interesting, maybe it was Mew, or I forget who, who said they want to see what the teacher sees on their screen. Mm, 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 That mm. So if you're referring to a document, they want to see how you see the document, mm-hmm. not just the screencast for the students. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. So maybe I have my notes and they're, they want to see the notes I'm working from and they want to see the document more than they want to see me talking with the document. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting thing to explore. But again, just valuable. It's like, oh, I would never didn't think about that. That students want to see what I see, which would be kind of like, well, you're saying you want to see my, my, you know, PowerPoint notes or how I see the PowerPoint presentation. So I'm going to kind of explore that a little bit and see what the students think. Mm. You know, do you prefer this three pane or two pane or, you know, for example, the little box with me talking and then there's the document that I'm talking about? Or do you prefer just me straight talking, you know, talking head kind of thing? So again, lots of experimentation coming up, but interesting about 
the clear guidance and I think that directions become more important. And I responded to that by saying, ah, you know, I have to ration my time so that explanations or directions get more attention than they would usually. Mm. Not just make the activity, not just make the the handout. I need to make sure, ah, it has to be a good explanation or it has to be so clear from just looking at the activity that the student can figure out what needs to be done. So very helpful. Yeah, and this is something that I, I just thought about um, when you were just talking about the explanation of the assignments and, and things, um, that um, maybe, uh, I don't know, in an ideal, word, ideal world, this is something that the students should themselves adapt to. But in reality, um, and and you and I might disagree on this, I don't know, this is something that we might somehow need to somehow adapt to or accommodate, is that we know (laughs) from experience um, that uh, you'll you'll have your class, you'll explain the assignment, you, you put your students into groups, make sure to check that they understand, so forth and so on. And then five times you'll ask, are there any questions? Are there any questions? Are there any questions? No questions. Everybody understands. Yes, we all understand. Okay, class is over. You know what happens. No, I don't, Tony. Yeah, three kids come up to the front of class. It sounds like I have a question. <laughs> so, um, there goes there goes the 10 minutes to go to the bathroom. There you go. No no pee for oh, you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no pee for you, teacher. I'm an um, older guy here. You need to be more sensitive. <laughs> so, yeah. Walk, here, walk with me. <laughs> right. That's my favorite one is walk with me. <laughs> but uh, that, 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 now, that, that, walk that, with me now. <laughs> that tendency. Yeah. Let me just switch to my phone. We're going to go to the bathroom here. Um but uh, that uh, tendency for them to ask questions after class, um, I guess maybe um, it. We should be planning to end our classes five minutes or ten minutes earlier f- to allow for those questions. Or if we don't do that, will they learn to ask? Que- no, they won't. <laughs> Never mind. I answered my own question. Will they learn to ask questions during class? No, they won't. They'll just not ask the question. They, you know, they're just too uh, insecure, too shy to ask a question in front of the whole class. They need to ask it. Um, and you know, maybe as we get more experience with the, these online tools, we can fine tune different ways for them to submit those questions to us uh, without threatening their <laughs> their security, without making them feel unsafe and embarrassed, and so forth and so on. Um, I mean, there are there there are all kinds of things that are built into all of these tools just for that. Um, we just need to learn the best way to use them. Maybe I don't know. Well, this is something that came up um, from my seminar class. I have three students, and we started working in March. I said, "Hey, we got to get going because everything's in English, and uh, I want I need some help learning how to use these tools." And I'm thinking like Microsoft Teams and other things. And so I gave them the assignment of, I want you to do a survey of your colleagues. Find out how people are feeling, what their reactions are, and their responses are. And one of the interesting things that came up was that most students want to have an anonymous way of submitting questions. 
Mm, mm, that was interesting. Mm, mm, and I mm. mentioned something to my daughter because my daughter's finishing or has finished her senior year and uh, at her international school, and they went online very quickly. And what she said, and it was this was, I thought, just a really good idea. She said that they have a Google Doc of questions students are asking. So she says, yeah, students can go there, and they can see if the question's already been asked. Hmm. So you have a document, and the, these are the questions students want answered, and you go there, and if the question's already been asked, you don't post it again, because you know the teacher will be answering that question, and you can see what students have posted. And I was thinking, how do I do that without a Google Doc? Or can I do that with a Google Doc and give access? So that is something I think that's important. Um, and the other thing I want to go back to, Tony, when you said that maybe the idea of if you're having an online class and stopping at 10 minutes early for questions later, mm -hmm. is that if you don't do that, you're going to get email. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get into this one-to-one -one exchange, which is not your best use of time. Well, I'm going to t let me just tell you that you're going to get email anyway. <laughs> oh no really yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I thought I'd found no, a way no, out of it you're going to get the email anyway <laughs> well at some point we have to talk about the importance of workflows again yeah 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 and by the way I just want to go off to a side for the listeners to the podcast I see a lot of teachers working on their content but not considering the delivery mechanisms and how that affects the content and how you're going to handle all this incoming assignments, because basically you're going to have 250, 400 assignments coming in per week that you have to somehow keep track of because you need evidence that your students are doing something, I think is what's going to happen. So I just want to talk. Well, you guys will go back and listen to, what is it, 122, where we were talking about, uh, about these things, managing yeah. the incoming email, right, and how to right. do some of that. Well, say it once, say it again, repeat it a third time, because. Mm. I think I still, in a lot of the sessions I've participated in, doesn't really come up. People want to know how to use the tech. They want to know how to teach it, how to you know get it, the information out to the students. But very few people are actually saying, okay, well, you know, I put the assignment up and then the students will use a Google form to submit it. But how are they going to... How am I going to know which class it's? You know what I mean. Yes, I do. That. Those 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 yeah. damn details. <laughs> those details again. They, they're and coming if, back and, to and haunt me. So, and they're so they're so critical because when you get it wrong and that that you know that tsunami of student email comes in, if you don't have it right, you're screwed. <laughs> your, your weekend is gone, man. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of having a document or a central place where questions go up. And students can see the questions, and you can post the questions there. Yeah. So this is an example where I think the website, having a, a, a website or some other like Google Doc or some shared document is mm -hmm. going to be really mm -hmm. helpful. So yeah, the idea of clear and understandable guidelines and directions, uh, make sure that there's some kind of video or audio as well. Um, due dates. Do not give students a due date of like one day or two days. Uh, right, limiting the assignments because, as they said, right, they're so much. They're getting so many assignments that it's hard for them to keep track. But wasn't there the, also the interesting thing they said was that they have no way to contact their teachers? 
It was um it was, who said that? Yeah, they did say that. Um, but I I kind of don't think that that's true. But um, and I'll explain why. But uh, one of the things that related is that uh, the prompt wasn't being able to contact the teachers. The teachers weren't contacting them back. There was no response to their questions. There was no response to their submission, and there was they were not getting any indication of whether or not the teacher actually received the question or the 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 work and or feedback on the work. So you know they they ask the teacher a question or they submit something, and there was no response from the teacher, or there, at least no prompt response from the teacher. So they didn't know whether it was um. They're, they're, they didn't get an answer to their question, but they didn't even know if their question had been um, transmitted uh, to to the teacher. Um, but uh, uh, the this, my universities all are in this aspect are pretty strict, gung ho yes. about having your contact channel open and. Um, they either you have like a email address, a school email address, or you can use you know you can now you can change that and make it your own personal or your own custom student um, uh, submission uh, email address. But they all require that, right? And some of the schools actually say you have to go through the school email system. Yes, so- I, I I know that my main school there. Very, you know, like you will only use these avenues to communicate. And mm-hmm. what the students said, um, following up on this, right, is that they like chat programs, chat apps, because there's the message read. Right. They can see that the message has been read. Whereas with email, unless you reply right away or send some automated reply, they don't even know, as you said, not only that the email got through, that the, actually the message was read. Mm-hmm. And that that's really helpful for them. So I'm actually thinking just setting up like a line group or something for them, whatever, you know, a chat app they use, and they can see that, hey, they've posted a question, and then, hey, I've read it. And that's reassuring for them, because then it, then it's on me, not on them, right? You know, and you don't want follow-up emails coming from students like, hey, Mr. Wiz, did you get my email? Did you read my email? Right. That's, that's what, yeah. That's why when the, I have like special email, well, let's just go back you know, a couple of weeks um, special email addresses, and when s- students do submit work, they get an auto response saying, "Yes, I received mm. it. I haven't read it, but they right. know that I've got it." And then they have a separate email for me uh, where they can ask questions. Mm. Yeah, I have the automated response also. That as soon as the email comes in, they get a message back that says your email message was received or your assignment was received, but has not been graded yet. Right. Okay. Let's see what else. They said um, it's okay to send messages to them anytime, even yeah, on they weekends. Yeah, didn't, they didn't care, yeah. Yeah, they said, hey, it's our choice whether to read it or not. Mm-hmm. And I was going to say, well, don't don't say that to the people at my school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's we, we've disagreed about this, too. And I'm, I'm, I'm like with the students, too. It's like, Senya, you can send it whenever you want. <laughs> that's, it doesn't mean I'm going to read it. Well, uh, yeah, I have like maybe, you know, the 10 emails from, you know, they love sending schools, right? They love sending email out like at 5 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> 5 p.m.? I mean, I get them at 10 p.m. on Friday. Hmm. Well, but I guess right. whenever it's, they're it, going home, whenever they're going home, they hit send and <laughs> head for the door. Well, 
I understand that. I just think it's like, you know, if it's if you're sending it at 10 p.m. Friday, you can probably wait till 5 a.m. Monday. That's but the right. key is that the students are okay about that. Yes, yes. And I I checked with my students and they were also, they said, that's fine. And my attitude actually has kind of changed because I don't even know what a weekend is anymore. Especially it now, doesn't, right? Yeah, well, no, I mean, really now. Yeah, especially now, yeah. yeah. Weekends used to be where I would do my grading and my work. But now it's kind of everything's bleeding. So, and I think things are moving so differently and changing that I think students are open to the fact that we might be sending messages on the weekend or communicating them with, you know, sending stuff. So that was another one. Um, anything else you can remember about what they suggested, Tony, that you thought was really. That's about it. Uh, um, the videos should be uploaded so that they can watch them and watch them again and watch them again. If you make videos, I think yes. you said that okay. that would be really nice. I think <clears throat> I just was looking at my notes, and that was another one that they mentioned. And uh, I will uh, – it didn't come up specifically in the discussion. We did do about the video, but um, just for the for teachers, right? So giving posting a video, for example, for your classes, um, yeah, you can put it on your own server and have a link where the students can download it. But – uh, making the um, extra effort to create a YouTube channel for yourself and posting the video. It's, it's, it's easy. It's very, very easy. Uh, posting the, the video that you make for students to your YouTube channel and giving them that link. When they, and this may or may not be what you want, but if you're, if you're just giving information, you want to make sure they get the information. Having your Video there on on YouTube allows the students to one have the self generated closed captions, and two um, allows them to slow the speed down. So maybe not you know it's maybe not something you'd want to do for a listening test, for example, or a listening exercise. But if your intent is to convey information for a student, that's Really, really helpful. <laughs> it's really helpful to for have give them that control, right? To, to be able to see the closed captions and be able to slow it down so that they can like hear what, understand what what it is that you're saying. Um, and it's it's not it's not a lot of extra work. Yeah, and again, return on investment. In the beginning, it'll be a lot. You know, figuring out how to get your YouTube channel. You got to watch the video or read the directions. Learning how to make a video. <laughs> and then learning how to make a decent video. Yeah. Making a video is easy, <laughs> I found. But making one that isn't, like, offensive and, <laughs> you know, ruefully, you know, terrible. Um, mm. And something that I'm going to look at mm. in a week and kind of go, I oh, know I, I didn't do that, did I? But those kinds of suggestions are real nice and i think what you said about you wouldn't do this for an listening exercise but you're just trying to get the information right. out to the students you're trying to make it easier for them you're trying to help them get through a difficult time whatever is going to make it easier for them if it's captions if it's notes if it's you know they're going to use a translation service you know it look if that's going to help you understand what the assignment is and you're going to be able to do the work better okay fine i'm fine with that and this is no time to stand on principle when, you know, these students are struggling and in many ways have it much harder than we do. Mm. 
I think, you know, we're still in control. We still have the ability to do, define the class. We have experience. And something that I think we forget as teachers is that we've been in higher education like Tony, you and I, for what, 30 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most any of our undergraduates has been in is basically three years at the start of the semester, unless somebody's taken an extra year. They yeah, don't have a lot. My, they don't have anywhere. Much less, yeah. yeah, they don't have anywhere near the experience we do, knowing the shortcuts, knowing best ways to cope. So anything that's going to make them more able to complete the assignment and learn from that assignment, do it. Don't stand on ceremony on this situation. You know, some, something's coming to my mind when I'm looking at my notes, Tony. And um, if you don't mind my moving on. Yes, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm which ready. is um, that they, they said that they didn't see any advantages academically, in terms of academically speaking, about going online compared to face-to-face, but they did see disadvantages. And that's kind of interesting is that they really don't see this as having like any main benefits over their actual experience of being in the classroom. So again, trying to get as close as possible to the, you know, some kind of adjustment that allows them to learn in a good way. I don't know. I'm kind of babbling here. Well, I think, I think you're, 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 you hit on something and I think this is maybe something that, you and I can maybe talk about here on the podcast in a month or two or three when um, the dust settles a little bit and we can maybe look back at what's happened and maybe contrary to our usual (laughs) proclivity um, uh, talk about what the positives might have been and like maybe we found some advantages that might not be apparent to us right now Um, look back and say you know this you know, whatever it might be, worked out really well. And it, this went more smoothly than it usually does in the classroom for reasons X, Y, or Z. I have no, no idea. But um, it's something to think about. I think those things will be there. Mm. I mean, again, this brings up the other fact, which is going online is just not a matter of posting your material online. It's just different. Yeah. Um, it's McLuhan again, um, you know, where the medium is the message. Mm. Media is the uh, message in that you just can't scan documents, put them up, and then ask students to read them and answer a series of questions. That's just not how it's supposed to work. And you, you have to look at... What? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's so many people doing that. Oh, God. Anyway, never mind. <laughs> There's, but- Hi. So thank you very much for listening. <laughs> That's I why I, I don't think anybody listening to us is doing that, but I know right, I do but, know that that was actually that was given to me as an example of the kind of on, on, online teaching that we could do. Well, I, I know some exactly. places where they have three choices: they can do Zoom, they can pre-record or pre, you know, define their lessons and put them on the LMS, or they can just scan documents up and have students read them. And I'm just don't do that. Don't, and if you have a colleague who's doing that, try to help them talk them out of it, mm. you know, because it's just not going to work. But I think those are the major things. Um, I think we got I, it covered, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, one last thing. 
one of the students mentioned that teachers should um, make sure students have the basic skills for, let's say, Microsoft Word or some text editing document and spreadsheets, for example, and make sure they know how to use their computer to record a video. Double check that before you make any assignments or plan any assignments. And that was, again, you know, just make sure they have the skills to use the technology in a good way. But other than that, I think, um, again, Tony, thank you for organizing that. That was just interesting. Yeah, there's are interesting special group. Love them. They really are. I can see why you really enjoy teaching those people. Yeah, it's okay. always, always a special day. So, yeah, so uh, sum up. Um, this year, I, what I've been calling it is like the year of giving slack. <laughs> slack for slack for administrators who you know find themselves <laughs> in very difficult waters um slack for your students who are having it's you know we, we heard having a having a hard time no surprise and and slack for yourself um that's i think really important too um just yeah it's 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 hard for everybody and um uh yeah, again you know li- Again, those students, they're special students at a special university. Um, But I don't think it's a mistake in general with the students. Uh, Give them, especially, you know, this year, the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, listening to what our students can say, other than like, yeah, please give us fewer assignments. Um, (laughs) Most of them are really do want to do a good job most of them do want to learn um give them the benefit of the doubt um let them let them run with it and um i guess maybe uh that has more to do with the the university's administration it was just reminded me and i looked it up and to get the direct quote of hanlon's razor hanlon's razor hanlon's razor not occam's razor not occam's razor Hanlon's razor, never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Oh, I know this one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people, you know. The, I always say, in my own defense. <laughs> but, it's you know, not people, malicious. You know, you know, of course, you know, a lot of people, you know, teachers are getting, feeling all this stuff is getting forced on them and on this and that. And it's like, and it's like oh, yeah, they're trying to make us do this because they, you know. It's like you know what? <laughs> it's, it's yeah. It, it's possible that they're staying up nights trying to figure ways to screw you. But you know what? <laughs> it's probably not the case. <laughs> you know, they think the best the the best way to see this is that there is an awful lot of people. Let's say administrators, for example, who suddenly have found themselves at a party that they never got an invitation to. Mm, that's a nice way to think about it. Right. And suddenly, like, you know, here you are, and it's just like, uh, you know, I don't remember buying this ticket and making this reservation. <laughs> and, <laughs> but the other thing is, these people are flying in the dark. And remember, most of them have no background or experience with online education. So they're just. Or education, you know, period. Who said that again? You're really on a roll today, right? About saying all the things I think. But yeah, again, people making decisions and you know telling us what to do. It's not because it's malicious. It's just because that's what they do, and they're trying to find quick solutions in an emergency situation rather than of having had any contingency plans 
and their emergency solutions are not based on experience. And they don't even know, I think, this is something I guess I, you know, maybe we should end the podcast on this one, but it won't even consider, they won't even consider asking people who might know what they would suggest. Yeah. But just as this part of, not part of how the system works here. Yeah. There's a decision making process. Right. Right. It's like, hey, you know, are there any teachers who have done online classes before? Anybody who's been using websites? Anybody who has like good messaging systems? Because if you think back like to the, you know, the the, the pre bubble, when everyone was emulating what they thought the Japanese system was, the whole idea of the the, the bottom up, you know, management style. Oh, 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 oh. Really? You want to bring that up at the end of the podcast? Yeah, yeah, I remember it's that. Perfect. Right? It's ja- perfect. Japan has right. We were taught that right. Nineteen mm-hmm. eighties. That yeah. Japan has a consensus making culture that is <laughs> bottom up. And I don't know. I've been here for thirty plus years, and I don't think I've ever never seen, that. seen it. I've never. Have you ever seen, seen anything I've never bottom seen up? It. No, no. Other than other than what? our short time at that university. Yes. Where, yeah. Was, yeah. 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 I was just thinking together, exactly right? that. That was that was the only time. There right. was nothing Japanese about that. <laughs> that was in Japan. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good place to end the conversation. There we go. Okay, I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And this has been Two Teachers Talking, and a special thanks to Tony. Would you name your students? Yes, again, yes, yes. Let's all, send out a big, big, big thank you to Big them. thank you again to Miyu Kataoka, Asuhiro Tsuruguchi, Sensei, Asuhiro Sensei. And uh, Mohoku Seyo, and uh, Rene Tai, and Yuto Yamaoka. And I would send out a thank you to them for allowing me to participate in the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Big okay. Thank you, guys. All right, Tony. All right. Talk to you soon. Mm. Bye. <laughs>